welcome to Grace to Gather podcast. At Grace to Gather, our goal is to foster the art of hospitality in such a way that we are building community, strengthening marriages and families, serving one another, and most importantly, creating an atmosphere where deeper relationships can thrive. Now, please join us for this week's episode with Damon and Neva. Hi, I'm Damon. And I'm Neva. Welcome to Grace Together. Hey, we're just going to dive right in today. Um, last week, we talked about um, the importance of building community uh, in the current culture. And this week, we're going to kind of dive into some practical ways that you can practice hospitality, even in the current economic uh, uh, situation, and ways that we can um, do things, uh, fun, inviting things without breaking the bank um, and, and spending a lot of money. So, Neva, what are some, some great ideas uh, that we can throw out to our, our guests? Yeah, well, um, so I just kind of started making a list, and, and I'm going to let you go ahead and talk about the first one, because you got really excited about it. Yeah, I did. I, I'd forgotten all about, uh, about that. But uh, one of the fun things that we used to do when we were younger with, with our friends, because uh, we were all broke, right? None of us had any money, um, is that we would do progressive dinners, and they were so fun. Um, and if you're not familiar with uh, the concept of a progressive dinner, you have you know four or five couples, and, and each couple um, is responsible for, for one aspect uh, of a several-course meal. And then you would go from home to home um, and, and enjoy the meal together, and in, in each other's company um that way it's like it's not all on one person okay or one family and so you know one one you'd start at one person's home and they would be responsible for sort of maybe drinks and uh cocktails and um appetizers and then you'd spend some time you know they're just having fun and, and conversation and then the next person in line would be they'd be responsible for maybe like soup and salad or something like that so they would leave like maybe 15 minutes before anybody else go back to their house and finish the, the prep work and then we'd all head to their house and and then the next person would be you know involved uh, in, in maybe the main course and then the next people would be involved in in the dessert and it was so much fun um and and just it's because it kind of builds anticipation and excitement uh, and you can do it around a, a theme you know you can do a uh, Italian theme or Mexican theme or something like that, um, or you can just you know wing it and see what what everybody makes, and uh, it's just it, it was a lot of fun. And I was just thinking, man, we haven't done that in a long time. Uh, we need to get that on the calendar and, and get a group of friends together to do that because it was so much fun. Yeah, it really was fun. Um, and you know, it was actually something that uh, our church did for a period of time as well. They had dinners for eight, and you you know, oh, would yeah. kind of do. Mm-hmm. With that, you would go to a different couple's house every, um, I don't know if it was every week or every couple of weeks. I mean, I don't think it was every week, but but over the course of- Yeah, I think um, it was once a month. Maybe. Over the yeah. course of some months, you would, um, you know, take turns hosting, and it was a great way to get to know people, and, yeah. and you know, it was fun. So a little different than a progressive dinner, but also, you know, it was a fun way to build community yeah. and get to know, um, you know, other people- that you might not know um, well better, yeah. but um, but yeah. So progressive dinners were really fun, and it is a great way to really stretch the budget because mm-hmm. you're only responsible for one part of the meal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and you just have to get creative. You know, I know we all had young kids back when we did that, and 
Um, you know, everybody had a different solution for, for their kids. I know our kids went to our parents' house. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, it's so... Well, and sometimes we'd, we'd, everybody would pitch in and we'd hire a, a babysitter to watch, you know, watch all the kids um, at, at one of the homes. And so we, we would just all pitch in and, and help cover the cost of that. And it was yeah, right. a lot of fun, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Another thing we did when we were younger, which was really fun, was Bunko. And, uh, yeah. you know, that was something where it wasn't dinner. It was, you know, just a game night. And with snacks. Right. So everybody would bring a snack. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. everybody would bring kind of an appetizer thing. So it, so it was like dinner because there was certainly enough food. Um, but, again, it was a way to get together with a group of people and play game. And, you know, if you haven't played Bunko, it's really fun because you're moving around. You're at different tables. You're, you know, interacting with different people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, throughout quick, the course of the night, yeah. right. It's quick. And yeah. then there was always, you know, food. So it was fun yeah. and it didn't cost a lot of money. Um, and then I think we talked about this maybe last year around the holidays, we had some, um, have some friends in North Idaho that every year they did a hot chocolate bar on their front porch. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it really became uh, kind of a local thing. I mean, it was, you know, it was a neighborhood thing for sure, but there were a lot of people that stopped by their um, hot cocoa bar that, that were not neighbors. They weren't in the neighborhood, right, so yeah. to speak. Um, you know, so that's something if you're in a neighborhood and you really just want to connect with your neighbors, that is very inexpensive in the scheme of things just to have a hot cocoa bar out. And, you know, I mean, it's really up to you if you put some sort of cookie out or not. I mean, you don't really have to. You can, but just providing hot cocoa where people come up on your porch and and inter, um, act with each other, you know, and again, even, I mean, they weren't there all the time. It wasn't like, you know, they were waiting um, for you to come and they're opening the door and, you know, their night is taken up with you. That That isn't what it was at all. It was more of, we just want to offer you this holiday season. Yeah, and, they, and hot cocoa. yeah, and they just kept it stock and they kept hot water out there uh, all the time. And I mean, sometimes they were out there to greet people and things like that. But otherwise, it just said, you know, out the end of their, their driveway, they had a little sign, stop in for a cup of hot chocolate. Right. And it was, yeah, it was really cool. Really, really fun uh, way to, to serve the community. Um, while you were talking about that, I just, I just thought of another great way, especially this time of the year around the holiday season, is Christmas caroling. I mean, what a great way to gather together with a group of friends and, and bless your, your neighborhood or your community uh, by going around uh, and singing Christmas songs. Um, it's, that's always a lot of fun and uh, always enjoyable. It brings a lot of smiles and a lot of joy to a lot of people. Yeah. And it's kind of something that has just fallen away. Like it used, you know, people used to do it all the time. Yeah. They used to go caroling in their neighborhood. And again, that's something where for the holiday season, you know, um, one of the things I have written down is a cookie swap where you know, you make, you, you, however many friends you have, you make four or five dozen cookies of one type and they make four or five dozen cookies of one type. And then you all get together over, you know, coffee or hot cocoa or whatever. And you divide your cookies up and, and y'all go home with, you, you know, a dozen uh, plus yeah. one type of cookie. And so then if you want to give them or if you're having, you know, people over or whatever, however you, what do you want to do with your cookies? You can do with them. But the point is, is that it's a way that instead of making, you know, five, five dozen cookie recipes, you're making one cookie recipe, and then you're still ending up with those multiple types of cookies. But um, that's something, you know, that if you did do something like that, then you'd have cookies to have people over to your house after you go Christmas caroling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and that's a lot of fun. Everybody loves cookies, right? Um, another thing that you can do uh, that's fairly inexpensive is just, you know, doing like a taco bar. Um, the ingredients for, for making tacos are, are quite inexpensive. Um, and just uh, just have a taco bar out and invite your friends over and, you know, just, you know, spend time around, you know, the kitchen island or whatever like that, making tacos, making jokes, having fun um, and just just have an enjoyable time of conversation. And, you know, and, you know, who doesn't like a taco? I mean, as our pastor always says, tacos are of the Lord. So, yeah. <laughs> well, and I mean, really, you can go a step further. And um, one of the things that are, is on our list is a potluck. And you can do a any type of a, you know, a taco bar, a nacho bar, a um, you know, a Mexican bar, a, a pasta bar, pasta bar, right. So you can get creative with whatever mm-hmm. you want to do. And again, you can have a group of people bring individual elements to supply um, your taco bar. And it becomes, you know, a, a very economical potluck kind of scenario, but it's a potluck with intent. I know a lot of people, potlucks kind of get a bad rap. I, I grew up going to church potlucks. And um, I understand why they get a rat, bad rap because sometimes you just didn't really know what you were eating. <laughs> well, I, I think a lot, a lot of people took the opportunity to make the worst casserole on the planet <laughs> and bring it to a potluck. Well, they probably, yeah, I don't know that there was evil that's, intent. That's part of the reason why I told Neva when we first got married, no casseroles. I am not a casserole person. <laughs> so I think, I think any casserole might be of evil intent to you. Maybe, right? maybe. Um, you know? <laughs> but, but anyways. It's time to clean out the fridge. What can we do to throw it in a bowl? You know, that's what a casserole is. So, <laughs> oh, you're probably stepping on some toes. Right uh, maybe. <laughs> um, anyways, um, I, I personally am in favor of a good casserole, but um, I I've think grown. I've grown in that you'll area. Eat a few yeah. now and then. Um, but yeah, you know, just doing a potluck, having a potluck with your friends. And I think, you know, whether it's just kind of a whatever you want to bring kind of potluck or whether you create a theme so that there's a little more control over what you're eating for yeah. those of you that don't like casseroles. Um, <laughs> you know, that's a really great way to, um, you know, cut the costs when it comes to getting together with food. Um, yeah. Hey, another way to, to help cut the costs, especially in, you know, in doing these kind of, uh, of events is, is, you know, buying in bulk. If you can buy, um, your, your ingredients in, in bulk, then you, you can really save a lot of money. Um, I mean, we, we have a Costco membership. There's a lot of people that have like Sam's club memberships and things like that. And when you can buy, I mean, you can typically buy two to three times the amount that you would just go to the grocery store and buy, um, at a place like Costco or, or Sam's club for almost the same amount of money. So you can really save, uh, on, you know, ingredients like you know flour the shredded cheese all that kind of stuff if you are able to buy it in bulk um spend just a little bit more on the front end then it just it lasts a lot longer right and there's actually a, a couple of tips to help you um buying with bulk i know that sometimes it can feel overwhelming because you know you can go to the grocery store and you can buy a bag of flour for well, I don't know. It, 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 I buy in bulk, but it appears to be going up and up. I know that anywhere from for organic flour, which is what I purchase, anywhere from four to ten dollars a bag, depending upon for a five pound bag, depending mm-hmm. on what you're getting. And if you, um, we actually buy our flour from a Mennonite 
mercantile that's near us. And so to buy a comparable flower in a 50-pound bag, it costs, um, the last time we bought it, it was somewhere in the range of, I think, $28 for 50 pounds. Yeah. So you end so instead up- of, So instead of $10 for five pounds, it's, you know, it's $28 for 50 pounds. So it's a huge savings. Right. And so I know a lot of people feel like, well, I don't, you know, how do you store that? I don't have a space to store that. And, and there are really a lot of options out there. And if that's something that you're interested in um, and, and storage is a, is a problem for you um, or, you know, kind of feel like, well, I would never use that much flour or whatever you can, you're certainly welcome to reach out to us. And I have a lot of, of ideas and ways to kind of help you store and help you figure out how to use it. But I think that we are so used to just going into the grocery store and buying what we need right now that we don't think in terms of, you know, per unit price. And we maybe haven't had to. And I know a lot of people might say, well, I really don't have the money to have a Costco or a Sam's membership. And so the it is likely that in your area, not too far away from you, there is some sort of a um, Amish or Mennonite or, you know, some other type of mercantile that sells in bulk. And they, you know, and it's great. I mean, I, I buy a lot of bulk, my spices, my um, flowers and um, oils and vinegars. I buy a lot of stuff, you know, that they have there um, because it's it's good quality. Um and it's a really good price point. And there's also a company called Azure Standard that does a lot of bulk. If you're on Instagram, you've probably seen people talking about Azure. Um, but that is not a, um, it's not a membership base. And so it is likely that they have a drop near you. Basically what it is is you put an online order in once a month and they have a truck that brings it to you and drops it off at a specific location and you just have to go pick it up. Yeah, another um, benefit of buying from these uh, from local people is that you're supporting your community. You're supporting local business owners um, and local families. You know, you're not um, you know having a Costco membership is great, but you know, in that you're you're getting a great deal, but you're supporting a corporation, right? But when you can buy in bulk from a uh, Mennonite or Amish run store, you're you're actually helping you know people right there in your community. So that's that's great, right? So you know, there there are ways to reduce the costs of purchasing your food, you know, however you choose to um, have people to your table. Another thing that you can do is just understand how your grocery store works. They put their food on sale in a um, cyclical manner. And so if you watch over the course of three months, you will see deep discounts on everything in the store. And, you know, they have these loss leader items that if you are paying attention, if you stock up on the loss leader items when they're at their lowest price point, then you're getting the very best deal out there. And so, for instance, a can of chicken noodle soup, I don't even know what it costs at the grocery store right now. It's not something that we regularly purchase, but let's just say that it's $1.25 for um, the normal price of a can of chicken noodle soup. Well, when it goes on its bare bottom price, you might get two for a dollar. And I don't even know if that's possible anymore, but hypothetically, it might be two for a dollar. So if you go in and if you buy, you know, 20 cans of soup at two for a dollar, you've just saved yourself a whole bunch of money over the next three months. Yeah. 
And so if you look into that and you begin to track it and watch it and and watch what you purchase and buy those things in bulk, so to speak, instead of just buying one or two for the week, buy however many you need for that three month period of time, then you're going to get the very best deal. And so there are ways to reduce your costs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're willing to take the time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, uh, at our small group here a few weeks back, um, we, we were talking about this very thing and that one of the local stores has a, um, what's it called? It's uh it's like a screaming deal day or something like that. And, uh, one of the things that was on was butter and butter was oh, like, yeah. was reduced like drastically down and you could buy up to 10, you know, packages of butter or something yeah, so like that. So 10 pounds of butter. And, yeah. it, and it was like, it was really, it was like a dollar 99 or something yeah. like that. You I mean, know, it was and very inexpensive. Who doesn't need butter? Right. I mean, so, yeah, so they both went. Yeah. So, you know, and this is a young couple. This is, you know, they just actually had that baby we were talking about last week. Yeah. And so they they both went and got their 10 pounds worth of butter and yeah. put it in the freezer because yeah. it freezes well. And so, you know, so then instead of spending, you know, $5.99 for a pound of butter, you have really got a great deal. And so there are ways to do it. And I know like we have a Sprouts in our area and, you know, fairly regularly, and I haven't looked for this deal recently, but fairly regularly, they'll have a $10 off 50 coupon, you know? And so it's kind of the same thing. Like if you go in deal-minded, if you go in with a, you know, I'm going to find the things that I need that are on sale, and then I'm going to use this $10 off 50 coupon, you're going to, you know, save money. You're mm-hmm. going to come out spending less than had you just gone in and bought whatever you needed. Yeah. And all it does is take, it takes a little bit of planning. And we talked about that at length in season one, that um, planning helps, you know, uh, efficiency, cost, and um, performance. So, honey, what are some other ways uh, that we can gather together uh, to uh, practice hospitality, have fun uh, that maybe don't involve uh, food. Yeah, well, before we go there, I do have a few more ideas. I do want to go back to one more area in relationship to food. Oh, okay. And Sorry. and well, and that's soup. You know, it's like we I told the story of stone soup last week. Um, but the reality is, is that soup is one of those meals that is so inexpensive to make. And it is so good. Everybody loves a good bowl of soup with a hearty bread, you know, and a salad and a cookie for dessert. And I know I've said this before, but it's one of those things that, you know, you can buy a whole chicken and you can put it in a pot and you can make a really large pot of soup and you can still have leftover chicken for another meal. And everyone feels happy with a warm bowl of soup and a piece of bread, you know, in the wintertime, especially. It just, it doesn't always have to be big. And, you know, we've said that over and over and over again, you can, you can just feed people good hearty food that you eat. And it's not so much about the food as it is about having the people to your table. Man, that's, that is so true. I, I love soup any time of the year. Um, just, I will always go back for a second bowl of soup for sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, um, you know, a couple of other things I think is just to, you could step away from food when it comes to um, having people to your table. And you can do that by really just engaging in your hobbies or the things that you like to do with intentionality. And so maybe it's a game night. And sure, you're going to bring snacks. You know, everybody's going to bring a snack or Mm -hmm. whatever. But maybe it's a game night or um, maybe it's a book club. You know, maybe it's just being willing to get a group of girls together and meet once a week for a book club where you're just 
really offering coffee and cookies or, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it rotates from house to house or it rotates who brings a snack or, you know, whatever it is. So it, it isn't one person that is carrying all of the financial responsibility. Um, but just thinking about, you know, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do? And how do you invite people into that in such a way that you're building community? Mm-hmm. And the likelihood is, is that you're, you're probably already doing the things you like to do, but how do you do it in an inclusive way that is intentional in building your community? Yeah. Yeah. And, and just think about the, the, the seasons of the year too. Uh, um, I mean, we're, um, we were at the end of October here this last week and, and our, our, uh, our daughter invited a group of friends over uh, and did a pumpkin carving, just a, a fun event that she did with a group of, uh, of friends. And, and they, you know, they, they ordered some Papa Murphy's pizza, some, you know, inexpensive pizza and things, but they, they just had a great time together. We had a fire pit going for them um, and they had a very enjoyable night just gathering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and we didn't even talk about that. We didn't even talk about pizza. You know, just the fact that, that there is no shame in having people over and ordering pizza. Yeah, you know, and and doing whatever, watching a movie, playing yard games or, or, you know, just just hanging out and socializing at the end of the day. It's about what you're, you know, spending time with people, not about the food. Yeah, it's it's, it's about the gathering. Yeah, it's not about the food. Um, We all love food, but it's really about the importance of gathering together, um, enjoying each other's company, lifting and encouraging each other um, and uh, building each other up. Um, that's that's what it's all about. Um, that is that's the heart of you know what we're called to be. And so, it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. It doesn't have to you know have food involved, although it should. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we're all going to be a little happier probably if it does. Yeah, um, it's just about being intentional about coming together and uh, enjoying each other, uh, as opposed to. Um, pushing each other away and becoming isolated. Um, we don't want that. We want to gather together in, in community. And so we've, we hope that we've given you some, some uh, great ideas today on ways that you can think outside of the box, um, th- ways that you can help uh, lower the budget um, on, on different items uh, so that you can step into practicing hospitality no matter what economic situation that you're in um, or uh, area of life that you're in. Yeah, I mean, you're right. There are so many things that we can do if we think outside of the box. And I hope that we have encouraged you to do that today. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Grace to Gather podcast. Please like and share us on social media, and we will see you next week. Thank you for joining us on this journey of hospitality. Please like, follow, and share us on social media. For more information, you can also check out our website at gracetogather.com. Join us next Wednesday for another episode of the Grace to Gather podcast.